Hey, you're listening to Combo Breaker, a one-two punch of enthusiasm. Each week, I present a tiny interruption to share something that I'm digging on. I'm your host, Cole, and you can check out okretro.zone to stay on top of new podcasts, videos, and more. So, here we go! So, I've mentioned previously my dog has been pretty sick. With her medicine inhibiting her mobility, um, I've been watching a whole lot of old shows as well as new I casually started watching She-Ra, Princess of Power, on a tiny whim, and when the show was first announced, and I believe it was announced after the Thundercats roar, I was a little apprehensive. I wasn't at all concerned about the animation that I think caused most of the, the outrage, but how do you capture the essence of the original shows and remix them for contemporary, you know, culture and entertainment? But, you know, I'm game. Um, so yeah, I sat down and started watching She-Ra, Princess of Power. And holy hell, folks, it's dope as hell. I will admit, I hate that it's rated TVY7. Makes me feel like a child. Uh, But the show makes some moves. It has some themes in the episodes, you know, have moments of overshooting a seven-year-old's comprehension. There's uh, a bunch of queer representation, and I love it. Um, This episode's really hard because I don't really want to spoil anything because the show is so wonderful as it kind of unfolds. Oh, and the biggest shocker for me with this uh, incarnation of She-Ra, it was created by Noelle Stevenson, who created The Lumberjanes and wrote Nimona. Two fantastic comics. Uh, If you've never read Nimona, stop doing yourself a disservice and go read it right now. But, okay, She-Ra, Princess of Power. Uh, It follows Adora, a well-respected and hard-trained soldier for, uh, or of Hordak's horde. Uh, One day she dips out of the Fright Zone, which is her homeland, home space, her citadel, if if you were. Um, She dips out of the Fright Zone with her best friend Katra to explore um, this, like, mystical forest. And she ends up finding a sword, long story short... They return to the Fright Zone. She then eventually sneaks out again by herself to go find this magical sword. That's when she stumbles into Princess Glimmer, an archer named Bo, and thus begins Adora's learning of the Horde and their role within Etheria. Adora not only has to grapple with who she is as a member of the Horde throughout the show, uh, she also has to grapple with the power of this magical sword that responds to her and then thus puts this power and responsibility in her hands um and then you have her best friend Katra who becomes her greatest enemy and rival so the show goes on as Adora grapples with her identity from her past and her present as she builds you know the alliances amongst the princesses and their kingdoms and you know it tears apart her past as she builds the princess alliance oh yeah there's a bunch of princesses there's like Entrapta who does like some programming and machinery Ramista, who is a water princess, I think she's a mermaid at some point. I don't know. She's a princess. She's, princesses are magical in this show. I feel like an idiot when I talk about this. Um, but Scorpia, who's cool as hell, um, she's a lady scorpion lady um, who, who's actually part of the Horde. And uh, the first season has this really great ending where there's water and energy kind of misting around and shining behind these characters while they stand, you know, side by side. And I think it was the network that asked Stevenson, like, what what, what this meant? Uh, she responded with, obviously, the gay agenda. 
um, which is re- really great and obviously a joke. Um, but I love just the awareness of making like, you know, as a creator, making anything that has like queer representation, there's potentially going to be some really dumb questions. Like, what does it mean? Um, <laughs> it's like, bitch, it can just be friendship. Um, but in this instance, it's very much like at the end of the first season, spoilers, I guess. Um, it's the unification of that princess alliance and the combination of their powers and trust in each other. No big deal. But, you know, it could be more. It could be gay. Uh, but, but it's not. Um, not, in, not in this moment. Um, but there is a, a whole hell of a lot of representation in this show that's really great. And as a, as a little bumpkin, I probably could have benefited from that a little bit. Uh, the show deals with some topics, too, like genocide. I'm looking at you, Hordak, and isolationism, um, princesses. Um, and, of course, prejudice of the other, uh, just to, you know, things that are popping up in my brain cells. Uh, I think the show is incredibly contemporary with its topics in the way it covers it. Um, because, you know, con- life outside trying times my friends um but it's a damn breath of fresh air i feel so silly but it, but it's not silly sure um there's i mm, yeah there's there's a horse that uh i think in the, the first one or two episodes adora sees a horse for the first time having grown up in this like uh, the fright zone being very much a fortress uh, she sees a horse learns what a horse is eventually calls the horse horsey naturally and a few episodes later, she runs into that horse again and ends up, you know, not knowing how to control her powers, kind of laser beams horsey um, and turns him into not a horse, but a unicorn Pegasus situation who ends up becoming Swiftwind, Shira's steed. I um, mean, he learns the ability to talk later on, but that's kind of a tangent. But they also use this, um, they use Swiftwind as a mechanism to show Adora struggling with like trying to tackle things on her own and then well Shira has a steed so like what if they work in collaboration and collaboration with others so like tasks may be difficult but you know if you tackle it with your friends that's a thing right um success right fuck this show is good it's I want to say like 24 26 episodes deep right now 26 I just checked uh I've watched all three seasons and I'm so anxious for more like but like get on it Uh, I want to talk to you about it I don't remember watching much of the original She-Ra I have memories of watching it in He-Man and the Thundercats and G.I. Joe and all of it's very blurry except for the Thundercats I watch a lot of that anyways but as a cursory glance back into my memory without doing really any research um I think the storytelling in this show is really wonderful and a bit of a, a change especially for like I, I to be fair I'll be honest I don't watch any other TVY7 shows so they could all be this earth shattering and I would have no idea but if you care about yourself uh give it a shot uh it's really really wonderful and I really do want to talk to people about it uh so please help me it has a really wonderful grasp of like tension as far as like relationships between people or how fights are, um, how fights have their own beats. Um, it's, it's good y'all, but thank you for listening to combo breaker for a one, two punch of enthusiasm. I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. And if you did, I hope you share it with a friend. 
And if you want to share something that you're digging on, shoot an email over to weareokretro at gmail.com with Combo Breaker in the subject line. And follow me on the social medias at weareokretro to see new stuff coming out and what I'm up to. And I hope you all have a fantastic week. Please watch She-Ra. Until next time.